Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Leon Fontaine. Leon's teaching will help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus and walk in God's promises. His teaching on a spirit contemporary approach to life and Christianity has helped so many around the world. His messages clearly lay out how to impact your world in a spirit-filled, relevant way. You can watch his program, Leon Fontaine, The Spirit Contemporary Life, weekdays on Miracle Channel, Corco, or our streaming service, Corco Plus. Let's dive into the message. The story is told, I remember reading it a number of years ago, and I forget which country it took place in, but a young mom with a new baby decided to leave the country that she was in, it was a pretty brutal place, and she wanted to bring her child, her baby, to a country of freedom. So she had it figured out how to get across the border. You had to walk through a bush. There was a kind of a trail. There was, it was quite the walk to get around the guards and to get to the country that her baby could grow up <clears throat> with freedom. It was a winter uh, season when she made her break for freedom. She bundled up her little one and she began to walk through the bush and the snow and got caught in a blizzard. And... Uh, as she was walking at some point, she realized that she wasn't going to make it. And the next morning, people were out in the area on the other side of the border, and they heard a baby crying. And they walked over to where the baby was coming from. It was coming from a, almost within a snowbank. And uh, they found a woman without a coat or clothes, and she had wrapped her coat and her clothes around her baby when she realized she was going to die. And then she huddled her body around him so that the last of her body heat would keep her baby alive. And she was frozen, she was gone, but the baby had lived. And so a family adopted it in the village on the border and, and raised it. At some point in that child's, that, that young man's life, they brought him back to the area and told him the story of, you know, we're very used to cold here. Last week it was below 40, I think. And we know how much it can hurt, the pain, how cold, the shivering, the, you just you start freaking out, you want to get warm. And here she had literally taken off and made herself die faster just so that that little one would live. And apparently it impacted this young teenager so much that it shaped his life forever when he realized how much he'd been loved how much someone, his mom, had done just to give him hope, just to get him to freedom, to a new country, just to keep him alive, she gave her own life. And it wasn't how much he loved his mom that changed his life. It was finding out how much his mom had loved him. You know, growing up in church, there was always someone at conferences or places that was preaching hard-hitting messages, and if you grew up like I did in kind of the Pentecostal background, there were a lot of stuff that would try to challenge me to get going for God. It was change my heart. I remember singing change my heart, oh God. 
Make me ever new. Change my heart, oh God. Help me be like you. You are the potter. I'd cry. I'd weep. I wanted to love God so much. And I just never seemed that I could ever arrive. I remember teachings on communion that I'd hear at times, and, and it was like, judge your heart. Many are sick and dying because they don't judge themselves, and I'd judge myself for everything that I could. I mean, I was raised in church. I was listening to a lot of other preachers and things, and oh, I want to judge my heart. I, you know, I did everything. Or they'd you know, talk about, you got to fast. You got to, can't you pray for an hour? Remember that book when it came out, Couldn't You Tarry One Hour for Power? Got to fast for power. I mean, I went through the gambit of all the things that I really wanted to do. I wanted more of God. I wanted to know him. I wanted his power. I wanted to be like Jesus. And man, talk about the stuff. And it didn't matter what I did. There was always one more thing I had to do. And today I want to talk to you about the secret, the secret of power. There's a secret to miracles. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 is a prayer that the apostle Paul prays. And it is an amazing look at God's will in our lives. Here's what he says. It is for this reason I bow my knee before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name that he would grant you as you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you would be rooted and grounded in love. Notice that word love. That you'd be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him, who's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. He is literally saying here, praying for, and this is a prayer you should pray for yourself, your family, kids, unsaved loved ones, because the prayer is that we would know how loved we are. That's what this prayer is about. We love 1 John 4, 19, because he first loved us. It is about how loved you are. You see, religion, the negative use of that word, because sometimes you can use a positive maybe, is man-made rules and things you need to do to get God to move, to get that miracle happening, to get God to do something for you, to sense his peace, sense his love, fast, pray, confess. And there's lots of things you can do. There's nothing wrong with fasting and praying and confessing the word. But if you're doing it to get the power of God, to get God's love, then that's religion. Religion sucks. It's awful. It's a trap of, of just spinning on a wheel where nothing happens. Here it says that we need to understand the love that God has for us. Well, that's backwards with the way much of religion that I've read and heard over the years is what are you doing? Are you red hot? God's going to spit you out. How many heard that? I probably preached that somewhere. We begin 
to develop this, you have to qualify for God. You need to be good enough for God. You need to get going for God. If you're going to have a miracle, if you're going to have a change, if, if you're going to have the right heart, you got to do, 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 do. And well, someone said to me, well, Leon, the Bible does say the, f- the only first two commandments that we're to look after are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength and all your soul. That's what I'm focusing on. Actually, that's not what the Apostle Paul teaches us to focus on. Because every time you'll get a miracle then or you, something happens in your life, you just believe you love, God, you love God more than the rest of us. That's why God does it for you. You're still qualifying yourself. Are you with me so far? The Word of God teaches us. Let me read it to you in another verse. 1 John 4.19, it says, We love because... We're told to. The Bible says so. We're commanded to. No, we love 1 John 4.19 because he first loved us. Do you know the key to the peace, the joy, the miraculous, the key to what God wants to do in your life isn't in you performing, being, judging your heart, changing everything, fasting, uh, confessing your sin, all these things. Now, there's truths to all this in the right place, but right now I'm talking about love. It says we love because he first loved us. Your focus, when you go through the epistles which Paul wrote, every one of those prayers will have a direction that reminds you, I pray that you have a revelation of the wisdom and the knowledge, that you'd know him, that you'd understand, that his love for you would be as deep and as high, as wide. I mean, the words he uses are very poetic. You have to almost understand poetry to understand the Bible. It's written in a beautiful, poetic way. But it's the love of God for you that's going to change your life. The second you move towards how much you love him, you got to be careful because you then are thinking, I don't love him enough for God to do anything for me, or I'm loving God more than you're loving God. That's why I get direct. So this self-righteousness is what destroys the miraculous in your life. The apostle Paul was literally attacked for the rest of his life not by the unsaved, but by his own people because they couldn't understand the new agreement of grace as different from the old agreement, the law. Now, if you were going to come work on my house and we had an agreement together, the Bible calls that a covenant. And so we figured out what you were going to do, how much time you were going to spend, uh, how much it was going to cost, which rooms you were going to work on, what you weren't going to do. And we had an agreement But then you started working for me and you said, okay, this is not going to work. All right, let's make a new agreement. So we sit down. And okay, that's the old one. Poof, gone. Now, here's the new one. Here's the hours you're going to work. Here's the scope of work. Here's how much money we're going to spend. Here's what I'm going to pay you to do it. And we got a new agreement. And so as you come to work on my house, I'm going, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Well, I thought I'd do this. But that's not our agreement. Oh, but we talked about it in the first agreement. The first agreement's gone. We made a new agreement. Well, no, I just thought, I mean, it was an agreement too, and it was good enough then, so I just thought I could, you know, bring it. No, the old agreement's gone. We have a new agreement when how we work together here. So let's stick to the new agreement. And then, then you just keep going. You just bring over here, and you work on something I don't want, and you do something I don't want, all because it's in the first agreement. The second agreement, if you're going to have an agreement with somebody, it does away with the first. Herein is the problem with many Christians. They go to the old covenant, which is the one of law. And they bring it back into the new covenant, which is one of grace. 
And when you mix them together, you're not supposed to do that because you're going to get all messed up in your head. You're going to go back to earning. You're going to go back to trying to prove yourself. You're going to go back to trying to love him enough, do enough, explain enough, qualify yourself enough. And when you do, you exasperate the grace of God and you won't see. In fact, you'll be so frustrated because the second you try to, on your own, become righteous enough good enough, nice enough, sin-free enough for God to move in your life, you literally, you short-circuit the power of God in your life. We're so glad you tuned into the podcast today. Here at Miracle Channel, our mission has always stayed the same, to reach every home in Canada with the truth about Jesus. But Miracle Channel's reach goes far beyond this podcast. Through our TV broadcasts, daily devotional, streaming service, and multiple podcasts, thousands of people like you are growing closer to Jesus every day. Learn more about Miracle Channel and download our resources by clicking the link in our show notes. We hope that you are blessed by this teaching today, and we want to say thank you for listening to the Miracle Channel podcast. It says in here in Ephesians chapter 3 that when you begin to understand how much he loves you, that it's going to begin to happen in your life to such a degree that what you think about, he goes beyond. What you dream about, he goes past. Everything you can fathom, God does more. Why? Because he loves you. Listen to me. If God had a fridge, your picture would be on it. And all the artwork and all the things you tried and did, he's so in love with you. But we're so busy, religion makes us look at how much we love him and what we do for him. But the relationship with God looks at how much he loves us. And I want to challenge you today that if you've been, like me, raised in church, then you've picked up this ability to mix in your own head all the old covenant promises because every promise in the Old Testament has an if. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, I'll heal their land. That's not even accurate today. Sorry for all those of you who are fasting and praying, interceding for Canada. Jesus died for Canada and forgave Canada and their sins are washed away and all they need to do is receive him. You earning I'm going to go intercede it through. I'm going to go and do that, and I'm going to change Canada. You, Jesus changed Canada. Jesus paid for it, qualified it for us. We need just to go share the beautiful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stop being embarrassed. Share your faith in an easy way. Yes, we want to pray. Of course, fasting. There's nothing wrong with fasting. Like, there's all these good things we can do. But when, you, when churches get into self-work, self-righteousness, and we're going to go get things done on the sweat of our brow and how good we are, that pride will automatically stop the presence and the power of God in our lives. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, it says, With great power the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now, the, re- the way they gave witness of it was they shared it, then they healed like Jesus, they casted out devils like Jesus, they raised the dead like Jesus. They were a wit- And it says, And great grace was upon them all. Where there is great grace... There is great power. What is grace? Grace is God's unearned favors to you. Unearned. You don't qualify. You're qualified for them. And until you begin to recognize that it's not how good I'm living that qualifies me for the miracle, it's simply going, 
Jesus, I could never qualify myself, but I'm going to just trust in you. The more you try to qualify yourself, the more screwed up you'll become. And if you do get a miracle or something achieved in your life, money, career, finances, you look at everybody else and go, I did it, what's wrong with you, sucker? God's blessings on my life because I'm living right, doing right, go to church, and you've got all these qualifications. There's a verse in the Bible where Jesus is talking about this Pharisee and a publican. The Pharisee's praying and his prayer goes something like this. Oh God, I thank you I'm not like that publican. I thank you I fast. I thank you I attend. I thank you I obey your law. I thank you I'm not like him. And then the publican, it says, beat his chest. and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus is showing the comparison of where there is true help. Do you unknowingly get back into trying to earn living good enough, doing enough? Oh, I love doing things for God. Don't get me wrong. I love giving. I love tithing. I love uh, helping people out, volunteering, doing things. I love reading the word, confessing the word. I love all the, I love all that, but I just, I do it because he loves me. Okay? There's a lot of things I do for Sally because I am so in love with that woman. I have set my love on that woman and I'm chasing her down. I'm not trying to earn her love. She has shown me how much she loves me in 33, 4 years of marriage. And, and I, I just want to do things. That's different than, honey, can I do something for you? Huh? What do you need? I, I need you to love me back, so can I get you a cup of coffee? Or, that, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. But that's the way many people are with God. Begging, bugging, pleading prayers. God, what do I do? I'll give more. I'll hand out tracts for a week if you just heal my daughter. God, if you, if you... What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I'm trying to work a deal with God. Jesus already worked a deal with God. He died on a cross and his blood was shed down that cross and he took your sin and he took your punishment and he died in your place instead of you and he qualified you for every promise in the Bible. He removed every if on every promise and he qualifies you for it if you'll just simply believe and trust that Jesus did that for you. Some of you who've been raised in faith teaching have even gotten into works with your confessions of faith. There's only two people in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the chronology of Jesus' life on the planet, only two people that Jesus said these words, I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel. Only twice he said it. Let's take a look at these really quick. Write this down if you want to read it. It's a fascinating story. The first one's in Matthew 8. The centurion comes to Jesus and says, I've got a servant. Please come heal him. And Jesus says, I'll come. He goes, no, 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 you don't have to come. He says, I'm a man under authority. When I speak, I can send runners and, and move people. You just speak the word and my servant's going to be made whole. And Jesus looks at him and goes, whoa, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Meaning amongst all the religious people. Israel's all these, you know. And, and it says, your servant's healed. And he was healed that self same hour. So here's a man with great faith. Now, I've heard messages like uh, it was because he understood authority. It was because he was in the army uh, because, you know, stuff. And man, I think there's some truth there. But then there's another person that he says this about and only one more. And this is a housewife. Wasn't in the army. She probably had authority over her husband. Not joking. Um, <laughs> but here in Matthew 15, it says that she came to Jesus and she was. Now, the first guy was a centurion from an Italian. Second one was a Canaanite. 
And she came to him too. And she says, you know, my daughter's demon possessed. Would you, and, and Jesus looks at her and says, you know, the bread's not for dogs. Cause that's what she was in the Jewish religion. She wasn't a Jew. She was a Gentile and long story, but he called her a dog. That gets you a slap in our world today. And the woman looked at him without a hesitation and said, but master, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And he looked at her and he said, I've not found such great faith. Your daughter is healed. She's set free. Now, when you look at these two people, why is their faith so great? Because there's many other miracles in the Bible. He raised the dead. The widow walked on her knees, grabbed the hem of his garment. Peter walked on the water. There's a ton of stories in the Bible that show men and women who have taken a step of faith and got miracles. Why were these two so great? Well, the only thing we can see when you study the word is neither of them were from religion. Neither of them were religious. They weren't Jews. They were Gentiles. And because of that, they hadn't been steeped in all the law that they had to do before God would do anything for them, which is what the old agreement was like. This gospel, this good news is not about you earning anymore. It's not about you qualifying yourself. Yes, please change and deal with your bad habits. The rest of us would enjoy that. But between you and God, you can't earn it. You can't make it happen. It's something that is a free gift. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from encouraging speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.